It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. FIBA basketball is in full swing, and Franz Wagner is working on a new nickname, Fourth Quarter Franz. In the clutch. We'll get to that plus more on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Magic. Today is August 14th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossmanich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me, of course, on Twitter at R underscore O-N-D. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, Franz Wagner shows off his clutch ability. Maybe his lack thereof. Maybe his lack there it with. I don't know. We'll talk a little bit about Franz Wagner's performance in the clutch, how he earned the fourth quarter Franz moniker, and why there's still more to work on. Plus, we'll get into what we saw from Paolo Bancaro and Team USA over the weekend, and Goga Batadze and Georgia defeat Nikola Vucevic. Go dogs. Um, That's not that Georgia. We'll get to that coming up here on today's episode of Lockdown Magic. Magic, before we do that, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Lockdown podcast covering every single team in the NBA to search for Lockdown and the team you're looking for, the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode of Lockdown Magic is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash lockdown today to get started. Franz Wagner does not have a lot of nicknames. There's Franz Boogie, but but Orlando Magic fans know Franz Wagner by one moniker. Fourth quarter Franz. A lot of people around the league probably don't recognize Franz Wagner for his work in the fourth quarter, but Franz Wagner has been a staple for the Orlando Magic late in games, or at least in the final 12 minutes of games, as we'll get to here in a minute. Uh, for his now two-year career, his two years in the NBA. We are used to Franz Wagner stepping up in the fourth quarter. And look, he plays with the bench units a lot over the last two years. So he ends up playing start of fourth quarters and, and plays major minutes in these moments. Wagner last year led the Orlando manager with 5.8 points per game in the fourth quarter. One and a half more points per game than any other player on the team. Paolo Bancaro was second with 4.3 points per game and was the only other player to average more than four points per game in the fourth quarter. That becomes even more impressive when you consider the Magic were 10th in the league for the entire season, not since December 7th, the entire season with a plus 2.5 net rating in fourth quarters, a 158 offensive rating, 113.3 defensive rating, and Wagner averaged 9.3 minutes per game in fourth quarters during the 2023 season. He shot 43.7% in the fourth quarter and 40.5% from beyond the arc in the fourth quarter, making 86.4% of his one and a half free throw attempts per game in the fourth quarter. 
Um, he only took four free throw attempts per game all of last season. So nearly half, a little bit less than half, of all of his free throw attempts are coming in the fourth quarter. Safe to say then, just looking at those numbers alone, Franz Wagner is a fourth quarter player. The Magic count on him to pace the team through the early parts of the fourth quarter, to extend leagues out to help the Magic get back into games. That is Franz Wagner's role. Because, for as much as Franz Wagner has earned fourth quarter Franz as his nickname and has been a huge boost to the Orlando Magic in the fourth quarter, he is not a clutch player. Let me explain. At least statistically. I don't want to say he's necessarily a clutch clutch player, but at least statistically, he is not a clutch player. In clutch situations, which the NBA defines at NBA defines as a default, you can mess around with the defaults, but as a default, as a game that is within five points in the final five minutes, Wagner averaged 20.4 points per 36 minutes in clutch situations, 1.8 points per game. That was just third on the team behind Markel Fultz, 25.7 points per 36 minutes, and Paolo Bancaro at 24.2 points per 36 minutes. They were also ahead in points per game, if that's how you want to uh to measure it, but I just want to kind of give the per 36 to give a sense of what that projects out to uh, in regular minutes. Here's the kicker, though. In clutch situations, Wagner shot only 38.8% from the floor and 20% from deep in clutch situations. His 67 field goal attempts in clutch situations were the most on the team. So, this, so yes, Franz Wagner gets the magic to the finish line but he is typically not the one to finish it. And in fact, he is one of the reasons why the Magic sometimes struggled in close situations. In fact, the Magic for the season had the fifth worst net rating in clutch situations at minus 9.3 points per one possessions, a 111-1 offensive rating, 124 defensive rating. Orlando went 19-25 in clutch situations overall. After December 7th, they were 16-13 and 13 in close games. Um, a sign, again, of how much the Magic really struggled without a point guard early in the season. It actually had a plus 5.1 net rating, 117.4 offensive rating, 112.3 defensive rating um, after December 7th. So the Magic did get better at closing out games. Um, a lot of their struggles, especially early on, was they were losing pretty much every single close game that they played in. Obviously, 3-12 um, and 12 during that 5-20 and 20 start. Wagner's game picked up in these situations too, but Still only averaged 20.5 points per 36 minutes, shot 39.5% from the floor and 20% from beyond the arc, even after December 7th, which of course is when the season actually began last year. I bring up all these stats, not to diminish Franz Wagner, who's a fantastic player who does not get his due, honestly does not even get enough due from us here, and we sing his praises every time we can. I bring this up to say that, yes, Franz Wagner has earned the nickname fourth quarter Franz. There is a fourth quarter Franz. There is something different about him uh, in the fourth quarters. But what he hasn't earned is clutch time Franz Wagner. Now, since the last time we chat chatted here, because I was on vacation at the end of last week, Franz Wagner has gotten some opportunities to show off that clutch dream gene, to show off maybe that he has that clutch streak. And in fee as Germany prepares for the FIBA World Cup. Franz Wagner has had the opportunity to look like a clutch player. In their game last weekend, last Saturday against Sweden, Franz Wagner hit several big shots early in the fourth quarter 
to help Germany pull away and take a double-digit lead and ultimately win that game running away. That's the fourth quarter Franz we expect. Scoring a bunch of points, especially early in the quarter, helping the team get some distance, get some breathing room, and then letting other players, Paolo, Markel, Cole, Jalen, whoever, um, in this case, Dennis Schroeder for Germany, finish the game off. Wednesday afternoon, though, against Canada, Franz Wagner stepped up in the biggest moments of the game. About three and a half minutes left, Germany was only up by two uh, by two points or by one point or by three points. I forget what the score was. It was it's, it's a friendly. Who cares? Um, but Wagner scored two scored seven scored two quick baskets off of inbounds to give Germany back a seven point lead. They were up by three. Now Canada came back, tied the game, and that's when Wagner hit perhaps one of the biggest shots that he has ever hit. Again, friendly, so that maybe that's hyperbole. He hit a pull-up three-pointer off a pin. He had a, had a pin-down pull-up three-pointer off a pass from Dennis Schroeder. Broke a tie, essentially the game-winning basket, the go-ahead basket with a minute to play. Germany held on to defeat Canada um, in that friendly game. Germany took care of business against um, uh, against China on Friday, on Saturday. Um, I forget days now. Uh, on Saturday, to set up a rematch with Canada on Sunday. Now, on Sunday, Germany decided to sit Dennis Schroeder, who had a crazy good game, 26 points, I believe, nine assists, um, that staked Germany a late lead. But the goal was to give Franz Wagner, but give this Germany team a chance to see if they could close without Schroeder in the lineup. And the game did come down to Franz Wagner's shots. This time, he missed them. And that's... Again, what the stats suggest that the Magic have seen from Franz Wagner in his time. Canada was able to convert those into baskets. They forced overtime. They won, winning the cup that was on the line in Hamburg this weekend. When you play, when you are a clutch shooter, when you are the guy that is taking shots at the end of games, um, you're going to have makes and misses. Um, I am per- honestly perfectly fine with Franz taking and missing shots at this point. I want him getting that experience. I want him feeling that pressure. And I'm glad Germany was able to give him a situation where he could do that. The magic needed him to get all this practice to because ultimately Marco Fultz, Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro, those are the three guys that are going to take all the meaningful shots late in games, late in close games for this magic team. And especially as you get deeper into the playoffs, as you get more pressure, you need multiple guys who are threats to score and, and be effective late in games. Franz Wagner has proven time and time again how effective he can be. Franz Wagner has proven time and time again that he is not a player to ignore, even if he is a player that sometimes sinks into the background. And look, Wagner had 20 points in the game Friday, uh, game Saturday uh, against China. He had 18 again against Canada. He's playing really, really well and doing all the things we expect him to do. He is playing very, very well. But this is an element of Wagner's game that we need to see develop. This little, this kind of killer instinct, this ability to hit big shots. And unfortunately, the only way to do that is to take these shots and get comfortable taking these big shots. Hopefully, Wagner is not sweating the misses that he had late against Canada in the fourth quarter. That cost Germany the game. Uh, they should have gotten stops, but there are big misses. And, and, and even like, you know, I wasn't able to watch the game live, but even reading uh, the Canada kind of play by play, 
they said Wagner hits that shot, it is game over. They're done. It's a lot of responsibility to put on a guy, and you got to learn how to handle that responsibility. Wagner's proven himself as a clutch player in that he steps up in the fourth quarter. Now he's got to prove himself as a clutch player where he steps up late in games to put them away for his team, whether it's Germany or the Magic. And that's something we're going to continue to see develop here as we get set for FIBA play. When we come back, though, we will chat about Paolo Bencaro, what we're seeing from him and Team USA as they get set for the People World Cup. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. The overlay is going to load eventually. There it is. Football season is about to kick off. Preseason already underway. And FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you get bonus bets for every victory. You can use the bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Check it out today. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, we truly appreciate it. I thank you all for letting me take some vacation time. We are still kind of in our off-season schedule, so we may not be going every day. We'll get you at least three episodes uh, a week here during the off times. We've got plenty to talk about with the FIBA World Cup. Coming up this week on Lockdown Magic, though, I'm going to try something a little bit different. We're going to hit uh, some topics outside of the Magic, but we will have a lot going on with the Orlando Magic this week. More FIBA World Cup, more FIBA prep play. Australia makes their FIBA World Cup prep debut today, Monday. Already happened by the time this published. Um, we'll go over go over some of that as that happens. We are expecting the NBA schedule to come out any minute now. I believe this week we will get the in-season tournament schedule, so we'll have that to break down. Plus, I have my fun stuff that I am planning, uh, maybe get into some magic history as well. There's still plenty to get to here during the off-season portion of the schedule, uh, so please, Subscribe to Locked On Magic wherever you can. Check out the Orlando Magic Hub on Patreon, my, my Patreon page, uh, as well as check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We're doing plenty, plenty, plenty to get you through these dead parts of the offseason. But let's get to the main, what, what I think a lot of us truly care about. Like, look, we care about Franz Wagner. Germany is a really fun and exciting team. I know there's a lot of uh, German Magic fans who are very, very excited to see how excited Magic fans are for Germany. Look, that that is a fun team. I like a lot of players on that team. Uh, they're going to be a medal contender in the World Cup. But most of my listeners are from the United States. We do care very, very deeply, not only about Paolo Bancaro, but about Team USA. And this was an interesting weekend for both, to be perfectly honest. Um, this was an interesting weekend to see how this team continues to develop. 
They've left the United States. You know, they blew up Puerto Rico on Monday. They've left the United States. They're now playing, te- you know, not that, you know, Puerto Rico's in the World Cup too. That's it's still a dangerous little team, but they're now beginning to play what is a very, very difficult pre-World uh, Cup schedule, which will include a game against Germany on Saturday. Um, that or not, sorry, a game against Germany on Sunday. Germany plays Greece on Saturday um, in Abu Dhabi. And so we're going to get a real good measuring stick uh, of where the United States is. And we got a really, really good measuring stick of where they are as well uh, and some of their flaws and Sunday's win over Spain. I believe it was a, a 98, it was a 10 point win over Spain. Let's start with Paolo Bencaro first. Um, you know, we talked about this after Monday's game, how interesting it was to see Paolo Bencaro play center. Uh, and this is an experiment that I think is going to continue. I think this is something that is going to carry into the World Cup. We'll see how long Steve Kerr is able to stick with it. But they want to try Paolo Bancaro at center. They believe that it gives them an opportunity to get out in transition, uh, to, to have another ball handler who can lead, lead the way. And it's just an interesting idea. And it's an idea we want the Magic to try. It's just a good idea to, 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 to use the versatility on the roster. And, and this roster is very versatile. They should have a lot of different ways of attacking and have a lot of guys that are able to attack. It's a team that is human, which they proved on Sunday, but can attack you in varied ways. And look, it, by all accounts, it looks like Ben Carroll is going to be very involved in this team, that he's going to get backup center minutes. What I think we saw, though, in these next two games against Slovenia on Saturday without Luka Doncic, as well as against Spain, the number one team in the world on Sunday, is that there are still rough edges. Um, and it's rough edges everywhere. It's not just about Paolo Bancaro. However, I think that Paolo Bancaro's play was very emblematic of, of some of the struggles that we're seeing from Team USA overall. Um, the way I would describe how, how Paolo looked, um, especially in Sunday's game, I didn't get a chance, I was on vacation, so I didn't get a chance to watch all of Saturday's game. Um, but Sunday, what really stood out to me um, was how kind of uncomfortable Paolo looked. And maybe uncomfortable isn't the right word. It, it looked like he was still trying to figure his place out. Like he was still trying to figure out, okay, this is where I go next. You know, still trying to kind of find his role on this team. Um, look, I think Big Caro, it, he seems eager to do the things that he's being asked. Setting screens. He didn't set a lot of screens for the Magic last year. Setting screens, rolling hard to the basket. He is taking guys with him. He may not be getting the ball a ton, but he is such a big player. Everyone, I think, around the world understands what a skilled player he is when he does get the ball in his hands, um, that he is taking defensive attention with him. The defenses cannot ignore him. And so you see guys tagging him uh, whenever he rolls to the middle lane. That's opening up space to pass the shooters. Uh, I think his screening has been fairly effective. Um, I've really liked a, a lot of things I've seen from, from Paolo, but I can also sense his frustration a little bit that maybe he isn't getting the ball on that role at times that, you know, at, at times when teams switch a smaller defender on him, he's not getting the ball in the post. Um, when he's on the perimeters, a three-point shooter, the ball isn't swinging his way to him. And, and look, that's kind of emblematic of this team doesn't quite trust each other, especially when the chips are down, especially when there's a little bit of resistance. Spain did a really good job pressuring the U.S. And, and putting pressure on their ball handlers and really making them uncomfortable and making them feel, making them feel it a little bit, making them feel, um, feel a little bit of pressure. And 
the U.S. offense eventually devolved into what on one play Spain was able to zone and overload that that defender. And look, even Paolo got sucked in by this, had two turnovers just trying to drive the ball into the middle of traffic. And it's not that Paolo's going to take that shot necessarily. Maybe he was trying to pass the ball or, or keep it moving. I, I think Paolo's been very, very unselfish. But you can kind of see he knows he only has so many opportunities. He's not going to get a lot of shots. He knows he only has so many opportunities in the half court to get baskets. His eyes get big. He maybe rushes the play a little bit uh, and creates a turnover. That was a real big struggle Sunday. It, it just feels like watching Paolo right now, and, and I think this is how it is for a lot of the players on, on Team USA at the moment, they're still learning where their spots are and learning where their attacks are. Look, Bancaro, like most of Team USA, has looked really good in transition. Get him the ball with some open space in front of him and, and a little bit of steam behind him. He's scoring. His only field goal in, in Sunday's game was a really, really impressive-looking layup um, around the defense in transition. Great dump-off pass to the dunker spot. And he was right there, made the play. Can't be, can't be upset with it at all. Can't be upset with how he played it there at all. Defensively is where I think that U.S.'s real problem is because so much of what the U.S. is built on, um, you know, at least under Coach K, was we're going to pressure you defensively because we can go 15, we can go 12 deep. We're not worried about playing all 12 of our guys if we have to. We can beat you a little bit with depth, and we're going to pressure you. We're going to trap you. We're going to use our length, our athleticism to really, really bug you uh, and zip down the other end of the court. I don't think this team wants to necessarily pressure the way that the 08 team did, but they need turnovers to survive offensively because the offense just isn't quite in sync yet defensively, they're not in sync yet either. And I want to start with where Paolo is on this because Paolo, again, is emblematic of a lot of the bigger problems. If you watch Paolo play, the effort's there. Like, the effort, the attention is there. There's just a lot of communication errors. You know, there's maybe a moment where Paolo switches onto the perimeter defender. Either he's calling the switch. I don't know who's calling the switch. The scheme seems to be to switch a lot on the perimeter. Um, he makes the switch. His teammate doesn't. Ball gets dumped down to to the post uh, to the low post area. Defense is scrambling to to cover to cover. It, it, there's just miscommunications. It's not clear whose error it is, but there's these miscommunications. Um, I think Big Carroll's defensive effort has been pretty good. Um, he's had a couple of really nice uh, highlight real blocks already this this tournament. I think we'll see more of those. I think we'll see him get become much more engaged defensively, and hopefully we see everybody tighten things up defensively as well. But the big problem with playing Paolo Bancaro at center is the rebounding. Um, I know I've talked a little bit about the rebounding already this offseason. We did a whole post on it on orlandomagicdaily.com. Um, rebounding to me is a big factor for this Orlando Magic team to begin with. Uh, but Paolo Bancaro's rebounding has been really, really rough. Um, and, and as the center, as small ball center, he's got to dominate the glass. I mean, he's got to make sure that A, his man cannot get rebounds and B, that it goes to a teammate. He's got to even get out of his area sometimes to rebound, and it just feels like either he's getting beat to box outs and getting beat for position for the glass, and, and look, everybody on the team is getting beat like that. This is a small team. Jaron Jackson Jr. is really – Jaron Jackson Jr., Bobby Portis, Walker Kessler are the only three bigs on this team. Bobby Portis ain't playing right now. He's playing limited minutes. Um, I think, again, that will change as we get into the tournament, especially deeper into the tournament. He's someone you can trust a little bit more. Um, but he's not necessarily a great rebounder. And Walker Kessler's kind of the bench warmer on the team. No offense to Walker Kessler. Um, you know, maybe they'll need him at some point, but Walker Kessler's kind of been the odd man out in the rotations of, of these games so far. Um, that being said, Bancaro's got to be the rebounder then when he is in the game as the center specifically. And, and that's, you know, it's not that he's a bad rebounder. 
but he's not a dominant rebounder. He's getting out physical a little bit. Um, you know, there's a point in the game where he was getting beat on rebounds so much, and Santi Aldama was getting to the backboard. Wancho Hernan Gomez was getting to the backboard quicker than he was. That Bancaro just simply just face guarded to box out and said, "Teammates, you got to help me out with help me on help me out on the glass." Didn't always happen, and that'll kind of put Bancaro out of position defensively to try and challenge shots on that on the offensive glass. Rebounding is going to be a big factor for this team. This just plain and simple. There's going to be a game with you know like this one against Spain where they really struggled to rebound. Uh, and it's going to hurt them. Um, or U.S. was able to pull away in this game because they started to defend a little bit. They got out got out in transition. They hit a couple threes, got the ball moving. They helped extend that lead out in the fourth quarter. Anthony Edwards was really a huge factor in the fourth quarter. Jalen Brunson was solid, as always, as solid as he's always been. Just going to be a real good leader for this team. Um, and, and the U.S. was able to get out with the win. Going to be a lot of really good team for Steve Kerr to show his guys before they play Greece on, I believe that's Friday. Um, play Greece on Friday. Though Giannis Antetokounmpo in this tournament, Greece still a very, very dangerous team, usually a very, very together team, very physical team. Um, it will be a battle against Greece on Friday in Abu Dhabi, and we'll see how much progress the U.S. has made. There's one more Magic player to talk about. I haven't talked about Mo Wagner. Maybe we'll talk a little about him, but we'll talk about Goga Batadze and the big win Georgia got over Montenegro. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So I kind of skipped over Mo Wagner when we talked about Germany. Um, Mo Wagner's, at least from what I've seen, struggling a little bit with a shot. Um, you know, again, a lot of shots around the basket, just not kind of hitting those shots, but really, really active around the basket. I- I've actually been really impressed with his paint defense. I know I kind of come up, come out with the stat where I'm a little skeptical of his paint defense. His paint defense has been pretty good. Um, he is doing his work. Um, and so there's a lot to like about Mo Wagner. Uh, I-, I think that's, I think that generally things are in the right direction with him. Um, you you know his shot will come in. He's coming off the bench, had some nice plays, some nice finishes at the basket, doing doing very much Mo Wagner things. So not worried about him at all. We did get our first though kind of concrete update about Georgia and Goga Batadze. Um, I will admit I have been trying to find box scores and trying to find information on some of Georgia's early friendlies. Um, I have Georgia's uh, the Republic of Georgia's. Um, uh, Instagram page uh, saved. Um, you know, they, Goga Batadze, I know, missed the last two games before this weekend's games against Jordan and against Montenegro. 
But Sunday, we did get some concrete um, information about how Georgia's playing. And, and Georgia got their first two wins of the, of the pre-World Cup friendly run, winning the City Cup in Belize, Georgia. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. I'm going to butcher some pronunciations here because there's some fun names to say here coming up. Um, but Goga Batadze with 21 points, 9 for 9 shooting, as Georgia beats Montenegro in a huge, huge victory, a huge confidence-boosting victory for the Republic of Georgia as they prepare for their first ever appearance in the FIBA World Cup. At least from some of the highlights that I've been able to gather from um, from the Georgia Instagram page, a lot of the stuff that you're expecting from Goga Batadze, dump downs, pick and rolls, just getting, getting to the basket, just being a presence around the rim. We didn't get a lot of opportunity. We didn't get a long time with Goga Batadze uh, with the Orlando Magic last year, uh, but we saw that he is really good working around the basket. Can rebound decently well, can can finish around the basket decently well. Not, you know, I think his jumper is there, but uh, it's not something that he's confident with late in game, uh, confident in games quite yet. We know he's going to defend, be able to challenge shots at the rim. Um, he, there's a reason why he was a first round pick, and, and he's looked the part. And to see him do this against a, a Montenegro team with Nikola Vucevic, um, like, look, it's a friendly, counted for what it is. There's a championship on the line. Georgia took care of their business, won by, I believe, nine points. Um, and Goga Batadze had a really strong performance. Now, uh, it should be no noted that Georgia does have a few NBA-level players in Tornik Shingelia. Uh, sorry if I'm butchering these pronunciations. And Sandro Mamakushvili. Mama uh, probably butchered that name. Lockdown Bucks can correct me on that one later. Um, those are the guys that are kind of running this team. Uh, Batadze runs screens, rolls to the basket. That's his job. That's his role. Defend, roll to the basket. That's his job. Um, Georgia's not expected to be a World Cup favorite. They're not expected to get out of the group play. Um, you know, everyone else on the Magic team is expected to get out. Australia's expected to get out. Um, Australia's, Australia, Germany, and the U.S. are all medal favorites. Like, let's be real. Um, Georgia is not expected to get out of their group. Um, but they are a frisky team. They're going to be interesting to see. Um, unfortunately, I don't have a lot of stats to go off of, and and you know their games aren't on TV or anything like that. We can see Georgia on Fox and the U.S. on Saturday, which is going to be or Germany on Fox and the U.S. on Saturday, which is going to be fun. Um, we don't have a lot of information to go off with Georgia. They, I believe, they are scheduled for a closed door scrimmage on Monday against Iran. Um, so hopefully, we'll be able to get some information about that that as well. But the first time we really get a good look at Georgia, I think it's going to be at the World Cup. Like I said. They are a tough out. I don't think you should look past them. They've got some NBA talent. Um, you know, and and, and Batadze is going to do what he does. Um, but we'll see what they look like and whether they can get out of the group uh, when we get a little bit closer. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in, Himalaya, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places in all the podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can find us there on Twitter at omagicdaily and check out my Patreon page, the Orlando Magic Hub. Search for Orlando Magic Hub on Patreon to subscribe and become a Patreon member there. Plenty of a lot of fun stuff as season gets going, kind of getting getting into the rhythm, getting into the rhythm here with some great content as well on the Patreon page. On tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic, we're gonna. Uh, I don't want to say. I don't want to say what we're gonna do tomorrow on Lockdown Magic because it's a surprise. Um, I got some fun stuff planned this weekend and really for the rest of the month. Um, as uh, really for the rest of the off season, some some fun ideas, 
to kind of bide the time here. We will talk a little bit about what Joe Ingles does with Australia. Later on in the week, we'll talk about the Magic's rookies and how they can make their impact on this team. Plus, schedule release will be coming out very, very soon. We'll talk about the playoff picture as well uh, as the Magic's upcoming schedule. Still lots to get to, as you can see here, even during the offseason. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, it's been Philip Ross and Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.